Hello, welcome to episode number 274 of the AppLog Podcast. I'm your host, Simon Head. Today's podcast is brought to you in part by AIXDSP.com. Get affordable and useful plugins. Get the IC Intuition Compressor. It's a compressor that gives you a clear and intuitive visual display that shows exactly what is happening to your mixes at all times. Click the link in the description for more information. Thanks, everybody, for shopping on Amazon. Seems like a bit of a bit of a bit of a rush going on a bit of a shopping rush on amazon i noticed thank you you can do the same thing too by going to applelog.ca slash amazon or applelog.ca slash us amazon do it the old-fashioned way by going to applelog.ca and click on those banners located on the right side locate your country whether you're from canada the united states or the uk and bookmark those links and every time you shop on amazon use the links to shop and support the show it costs you no extra money Thanks, everybody, for, like, thank my patrons. You can become a patron by going to patreon.com. I know it's confusing. Go to patreon.com slash Pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. And you can cancel anytime. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Patreon.com slash Apolog. A-P-O-L-O-G-U-E dot uh, com. Yeah. Go to applelog.ca slash shop to buy a shirt t-shirt to be more descript don't forget to subscribe rate and view the show on itunes give it five stars please like the show on facebook by going to facebook.com slash pod follow me on twitter at simonhead666 today i have mr mike gribben who plays in a band called bad breed they are a pretty cool mixture of people and talents and bands. Mike used to play in a band called Grasshopper, which uh, we discuss a little bit in the show. It's it's a it's a very cool group. I'm we're going to play some music while we're going along so you can hear what it's all about. They have a new record called The Bad Breed and Ferocious Love. It's on Lizard Snake Records and it is just coming out in 3 days from now so you can go pick that up. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Mike Gribben the lead drumist of the band Bad Breed on the Apolog podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, did you go to Dumbarton? No, I went to Pickering High. I went to Dumbarton High School. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Okay, cool. So you played in Trigger Happy. I mean, I saw you guys a bunch of times um, playing, you know, because I was in a punk rock band before Grasshopper, like a Pickering band. So, what yeah, was it called? So I, Goat Dance. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that's very familiar. Yeah, that's yeah. early 90s, kind of like. Yep, yep, exactly. Like it started, I think we started in 89. And uh, and I played in that until I left that to join Grasshopper, and then I was Grasshopper uh, with for a couple of years. Yeah, there's always a Pickering contact somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so did you guys play? So you were in Trigger Happy. So what was Al Nolan's band before Trigger Happy, or was that the band? Well, like, we were we were Kingpin before Trigger That's Happy, and then yep. he was in Deep End uh, before yep. all of that. Yes. So that's like right. What like I mean because. I think Al was, I, I don't know about you, Al was a little older than I was, so he was, and I, you know, like, he seemed to, like, or you guys, or Kingpin, whatever, seemed to be doing stuff, like, all the stuff that all the other bands wanted to do, 
you guys were doing like touring and yeah. you know read we would read the interviews and all that stuff and do you remember the coffee house i Pickford? do yeah right, um so that's, yeah uh, um yeah yeah alvaro and yeah alvaro ran that Jaime. and Jaime, yeah, yeah Jaime and alvaro project nine yeah right? um and so those guys we went to high school with those guys like myself yeah. and the other two guys in my first band we all went to high school together we were i worked with those guys in like a in a newspaper factory we would work from 6 p.m friday till 6 a.m saturday morning holy shit collating newspapers but i got to know them there you know and then those guys were great those guys would play shows in school like at lunch they'd bring drums and put them in their lockers and stuff they were yeah. they were actually like real weirdos like yeah. like actually really interesting people yeah the Continellos were like they were they brought I mean, they brought so many cool bands th uh, during that coffeehouse era too. Yeah. Like so much history came through that one little place. Yeah. Um, yeah. A fun fact, actually, when I was in Montessori school as a child, mm -hmm. as a, mm -hmm. like I went to the place right across the street. There was a house there that I used to go to Montessori school. Oh, wow. And then eventually it moved to that school or the community center, sorry. The community center, yeah. Oh, okay. So you mean it started in the house? Like no, the no. House? Right, it's the other way around. It went the other way. It started in the house and then went over to the mon um, over to that gymnasium oh. kind of thing, yeah. and that's where yeah, I yeah, used yeah. to do like day stuff. You know, like yeah. I used to go to Montessori as well, except I not that one, but yeah. yeah. So I hear you. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if anything cool happened at the one I went to, but yeah, that was a great. I loved that whole time period. I loved getting, you know because that was my introduction to anything that was like punk and stuff yeah. like that or anything that just wasn't on tv or the radio right yeah. like it was like my introduction to just seeing bands you know yeah that was in it's it, it, it should be noted that that like sorry i've started already i guess yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah that's an important um part of of uh of ontario music history because mm -hmm. if you wanted to go see a band you had to go to the city and yes and and what those guys did <laughs> yeah. is brought the city to the suburbs and, yeah. and a lot of people in the suburbs were just going downtown to watch shows anyways yeah but it was just that thing to do with sundays right was it a sunday it was sundays yeah, yeah. it was that's exactly like correct like i would go downtown to see any you know i mean anything that i knew was happening but once i found out about that it was like a whole you know it was very like eye-opening for me and mm. it was i found it like really thrilling and that's where we started playing like my first goat dance like my first band uh we played there like in yeah. that recreation place and yeah, yeah. it was and that was a thrill like that yeah. was so exciting then did you guys ever do the ozone because that was sort of a couple of years later that was the ozone in oshawa in oshawa yeah uh no we didn't play there i mean i played i don't I, I'm sure I can be, I'll be corrected on this by somebody. I don't know that Goat Dance played Oshawa much, but like I definitely played there with Grasshopper. Yeah. Yeah. Now the, the, the Ozone was a place upstairs. You'd, you'd take mm -hmm. up that little thin stairwell. Yeah. It's, I forgot what it was called, but it was called the Crow's Nest for a very long time. Mm -hmm. um, I remember hearing about it. Like yeah. I remember hearing people talk about it. Was there, am I, am I now, am I incorrect? Was there a roller rink in Oshawa that would have shows? There, there was a roller rink, but I don't know if they did shows. It was called Wheelies. See, there was a, like, do you remember, you know, Starkweather, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, because that's an Oshawa band, right? Oh, yeah. Right, correct? Yeah. Um, so I remember playing with those guys. I felt like we were at a roller rink. It was in Oshawa. Anyways, it was, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyways, yeah. I, I definitely played Oshawa, but maybe not Oshawa. There was the Moon Room, the Eclipse Room, which was the two places beside each other. And that was sort of Simcoe South over down by the 401, uh, the Ozone, and then... Then there was a place called um, a different drum, which was like a mm -hmm. coffee place that mm -hmm. put on shows as well. 
Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's man, small world. Yeah, small world. Did you? Now, I'm just going to bring up because of Pickering. The the two places that are remembered in from Pickering are the coffee house and then Pizza Pinos. Yes, Pizza Pinos was in Ajax, right? Just south. Uh, Part of me, Ajax. Yeah. Yes, that I just come on, it. man. I know. I'll get it. I'll get it right one time. So yes, Pinos was in Ajax, but I mean, it was it was so close to my house. Um, so that and that was amazing because that yeah. was a pizza like a small <laughs> like mom and pop pizza place yeah that allowed hardcore shows to happen that like was punk rock shows definitely happen. that was a crazy place like i yeah. think just before we went on tour we 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 did uh, kingpin did this tour um opening up for down by law and her yeah, first show yeah. was in uh seattle or was it no portland and in oregon <laughs> and so we had okay. to drive all the way across but we had our van and everything and said let's go to pizza pinos and just play and yeah. and there was a show going on, and we showed up. Hey, hey, can we play? Like, sure, we can play. So we we played the night before we went on tour at Pizza ah. Pino's. Yeah, <laughs> but it, like, wasn't that a weird spot there? There was no stage, right? No, like, no, it was no just stage. in the end of the room kind of yeah. thing. And end of the room, and t so you're back if you're playing and you're looking at the audience. The audience is where the customers sit. Yeah, and your back is to the window, right, where their pizzas come in and out, right. So the servers are walking around you, <laughs> and all that stuff. We did a show there where, like, we <laughs> we had another like another kind of project called Bob Dog Dog, and we did a show there that was, I guess, for us infamous. Where our singer, <clears throat> we put him in a cardboard box, but like you know, a large one that would have been used for uh, a refrigerator or whatever. Yeah. And then we doused it in lighter fluid, what? and then we let it on fire in the pizza place. Oh my god! And yeah. So that was in flames, and he was supposed to emerge from there, and we would start the show. We had Jaime, who we referred to from Project Nine, who started the coffee house with a uh, with a fire extinguisher. So he, as you know, as soon as the flames started getting up there, he, of course, we didn't ask for permission. We just did it, and we <laughs> he hit the thing, and he made a complete arc. So he sprayed the box that went out. It went through the window into the like kitchen, and then he sprayed the audience. And when the literally like the smoke cleared, our bass player was so afraid that we were going to be arrested that he was gone. His amp was off. His <laughs> bass was leaning against the amp. He'd gone out the back door and just left. And we were all wearing masks. So the owner came around going like, who the fuck did that? Like, what? The and uh, we were like, I don't know. But like, you, you got to do something about that. You can't let that happen here. So, yeah. So that was a, that place holds an absolutely special, oh special place in my heart. It was yeah. burnt it down. <laughs> Maybe yes. I, like in retrospect, I'm not. I, I'm not recommending that. It's a great no, idea. But we thought it was a great idea. We thought it would be completely controlled. Like everybody was on board. Like we, well, all four of us. Like you know what I yeah, mean? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, anyways, to, and and to just put a period on that, that did not end shows there. No, that no. wasn't like the guy didn't just go. Well, that's it. I'm never having you idiots back. <laughs> uh, he's probably still wonders who did that so yeah. anyways uh yeah so that was yeah that was great and that was such a fun time like that was such a great time for yeah like for every like yeah it was exciting and it was really exciting i remember like to just again not really i didn't know you guys but i'd see you guys and just to read about oh they're going on tour like that yeah. you know it was that point in you know like i was still in high school so it was like yeah. there's a band going on tour and they're gonna go to the united states and they're gonna play with down by law and yeah. uh, so exciting yeah. Well, yeah, it's definitely, you know, and actually there was a band before all of us called Mal Havoc. And, oh, yes. I <laughs> played with them. Yeah. Saw them many times. Yeah. What's his name? James? James Cavaluzzo. I used to work for Mal Havoc. I worked for Mal Havoc. Well, I, oh. technically I, I did their sound, but technically I, I mean, I kind of got paid, I think. 
But okay. the first tour I ever did with them across Canada was like the first Pickering band ever yeah. to leave Pickering. They were so like such a big. Uh, they weren't in the influence musically because they did such. You know what they were doing was that crazy. I guess what he like industrial. It was before rock. it really had a name. Yeah. Yeah, and then he like his him as a frontman with the with the um what do you call it the, cut the pentagrams sacred, in his the chest pentagram tra- carved in his chest that he could reopen at will uh and then be hanging upside down and bleeding and that was the first band that i knew from pickering that i saw who i saw on city limits like oh, on much yeah. music right yeah waiting on friday night to see alternative music or punk music and suddenly there they were yeah and that was huge i just uh, quickly i'm gonna ask were you on there was a there was a uh compilation cd it was like the first sort of cd that came out at that time it's called stereophonicus disruptus was trigger happy on that i it sounds familiar but i i don't know okay i don't know i'm sure you guys did lots of stuff anyway we put together uh a a compilation with a ton of bands from that whole east end area like pickering ajax oshawa etc including mal havoc including grasshopper before i was in it including project nine i i, I want to say that you guys were on it but i could be wrong we could we have been it, it sounds familiar but it might have been because yeah. i i sort of had a very like i had a two-year tenure with trigger oh, happy gotcha. okay. yeah. i and i i ended up uh leaving trigger happy to go join a band called red fisher out in winnipeg oh and okay. then red right, fisher yeah. would come through town occasionally uh basically because i lived in the pickering area so we'd oh, come wow. and play like uh what was that place down off uh on the third oh uh, off bayview um I can't remember it now. There was like okay. this, like a like a bar of sorts, right at the uh, Brock Road and the Brock Road. Was and, it Kangaroos? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. There's very few places, so that's why it's easy to. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. No, good, yeah, good yeah, memory, yeah. good memory. Because yeah. I don't you remember have, the. Yes. We played yeah. there once, yeah. uh, and there was another band out of Pickering called the Ginger Glide. That yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I, re- I recorded I that stuff. I watching them. I didn't know those guys. Yeah. But I mean, I, yeah. Well, I, John, John and well, Mike, yeah. John Cars played in Malhavik. Oh, So awesome. it, okay. it, it sounded nothing like Malhavik. It sounded like a cross between like Morrissey and Danzig. It was sort of like this sort of like. <laughs> well, the, yeah, the ginger part. Yeah. Like, I mean, that that's half what it sounds like it would sound like. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. They were a high school uh, band that sort of just kept oh. going. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I recorded a couple of things for them. And yeah. God damn, trip down memory lane. Trip down memory (laughs) lane, yeah. We, like, our introduction to sort of playing, to uh, being, like, accepted, well, accepted, allowed to come downtown and play punk shows was Random Killing. I don't know. Uh, Ah, yeah, I did. I recorded, I recorded a live, live at the Greeks. I recorded that Ah, album. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So we, my, my, you know, my high school friend, Jim, Jim Marchment, who was the guitar player, singer for Goat Dance, his sister dated the original lead singer for, for uh, random killing. Oh, Drew. And, yeah. Uh, no, Drew was the second. Oh, guy. he's the second so, singer. Okay. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So she dated the the first singer, and he. Um, so like when I met Jim, like he had all these seven inches of like Toronto punk bands, and he, you know, his sister was older, so he had her like hand me down records, and he knew, you know, he knew these guys. So yeah, we ended up recording our cassette with the guitar player from Random Killing at the uh, old CKLN. I mixed. CIT. I mixed. Stranded, that record ah. Stranded, I mixed at that same spot in the basement. There you go. There. I loved recording there. That it was, was cool. Great. Like that was it was an interesting little place. So yeah, there you go. Small world, yeah. fun scene, great times. Yeah, yeah. So you uh so you've been so you've been playing music basically for almost thirty years. Mm-hmm. Uh it's a uh 
how's it feel now? Like, I mean, here's here's the first question. Like, do you okay. <laughs> preamble? Yeah. yeah, yeah. How does it how does it feel to still be into punk rock? And you must not be much younger than me um, to be doing it for all these years. Do you keep anything that sort of was back then, or have you kind of pushed aside a lot of those? Um, like, do you mind, do I keep physical, like, memories and things like that? No, do you keep, like, your ethics oh. and your code and your moral compass? Is it, is yes. there anything from back then? Or have yeah. you, because yeah. that was so huge in shaping. Like, I would say that prior to being introduced to any kind of punk rock, like, my worldview was, like, you know, looking out my window. Like, I, I like, I don't know, I, yeah. I was apolitical. I wasn't, you know, my interests were, like, music and tv and you know whatever it was and i met my you know the the person who introduced me first of all to punk rock who i ended up you know being with for 30 years like i met my like my partner for life type thing um at at the age of 15 and wow. you know and my and i i can remember like i had what would be considered very like i mean you know if you grew up out there and and you know it, it was it was a small town feel right yeah. like when i moved to pickering uh, there were 11,000 people. It was a farming community. I moved there at age seven, right? Yeah. So it was the 1970s. And uh, it was not what you would call a progressive place, right? Yeah. Like it's a suburb, it's small town values, et cetera. I suddenly met somebody at 16, uh, who, or at 15, excuse me, who was a couple of years older than me, who knew about all this music that I'd never heard of. Like I didn't even know existed, whatever it was, the dead Kennedys, like things mm -hmm. that actually started talking about politics. And I started to talk to this person and through that, like, you know, like, I, you know, I learned, uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, I would say things that would sound outrageous, like, you know, that would sound very politically incorrect, probably now, like as a kid. And this, this, she would just go, well, why do you think that? And I'd be like, well, I don't know. I thought everybody thought that. And we yeah. would start to have these discussions about things, you know, just my worldview opened up so much. And that was also at the same time, taking in whatever it was, the Sex Pistols, Husker Du, Dead Kennedys, uh, the Stooges, the Misfits, all of those things. And not that all of those are political bands, yeah, but yeah, suddenly yeah. I started having conversations in the context. That was the soundtrack to yeah. me starting to go like, oh, there's more to life than just, you know, like two blocks, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, and so, yeah, like, and that's still informed, like that, that is the kind of bedrock of, if you like to use the term moral compass yeah like that I, it, it, absolutely yeah now is there anything that you've sort of pushed to like just said i i'm not that person anymore is there anything you've said you know what i draw a line here because now you're considered an, an a quote-unquote uh, adult uh, i think the thing i think the one thing that would jump to mind is being very intolerant of like other people's music like do you know mm. what i mean like once you kind of found that thing and you're like you, you know, again, again, it's, I'm going, uh, this is a 30 year track, right? Yeah, yeah. But at age 15, finding that and going like, oh, well, the, this is what's cool like that. Yeah. And then you had the whole delineation between jocks and what's punk and what's a, what does a jock do? And what does a jock think? Or, you know, I remember being very, very much in that mindset. And, you know, and I, <laughs> I think I, uh, I think that made me quite closed mind for a little bit while my mind was getting open to a lot of other ideas, yeah. right? Politically or just like in terms of you name it. Um, I also just started going like, you know, well, I can't, I can't like this and I can't like this and I can't like this. That's disappeared. I mean, that's doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean, you know, I certainly am still very, you know, I, uh, my opinions will, you know, I'm 
uh, are still very strong about mm-hmm. the world and et cetera. But uh, I, like that, that seems to be part of like the when you're a kid and you're punk type yeah. thing, you know, or you think you are. Yeah. But yeah, you definitely want to make a point. You know, I have a 17 year old kid and, mm-hmm. and he's more than willing to tell me his opinion on stuff. And my thing to him is like, you know, this is great. You're super, you're super like into this, whatever mm. that political point you might be into. Mm. But it, it's not always the be all and end all because at the end of it right. all, when you get old, you start reali- realizing like, yeah, I know, but I can't really fix this. I can try to fix it. Right. I can navigate my way around it and okay. become uh, comfortable with my own ethics about what I do. Um, like quote unquote, getting a real job or, or getting right. a career or right. paying taxes. Like, okay. Yeah. These are all things that quote unquote adults do. And, mm. uh, and these are things that there, and I'm sure you know, some people, and I know some people who don't, who are kind of like stuck in that time that stuck in that 20 year old body mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. brain is stuck in that 50 year old body. And they're, they're just want to keep it sort of just so closed in. Right. Like, I mean, are you talking about, like, I, I think I understand where you're going. Like, I mean, do you feel like, are you referring to the, the sense of sort of like personal purity? Yeah. I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that because then suddenly I'm compromised. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, yes, I, like, I absolutely hear what you're saying. I'm, <laughs> I am lucky. Like I, I like, as far as a career, I, t- I trained to be a Montessori teacher. Oh, wow. And, <laughs> I, and so full circle, you know, full circle. <laughs> I trained in the year. 2000 um i was in a band called the killer elite and it was a toronto like you know punk rock band or you know heavily influenced by the stooges like a very aggressive Mm. very confrontational with the audience that same year i had a daughter and she just turned 20 a few couple weeks ago wow and then we so i decided and that was like you know so it was that that for me at that time that uh, you know I, I, that was the only thing that I'd ever thought that I would like to do as a career yeah. was be a teacher, work with kids. I trained to be a teacher. I ended up not ever getting to work in it. And I'm like, you know, and this is going to sound ridiculous in 2020, but in the year 2000, ha- being heavily tattooed, um, yeah, it's tough. was a big, <laughs> was a big, yeah. uh, it was a big fork in the road for me. So that led me on just a completely bizarre path of a number of different I'm not going to call them careers, but well, careers like, you know, we're work, working everything from construction to working in theaters to, you know, all kinds of different things. And to where I'm now, um, like right now, I drive for a living, you mm-hmm. know, like I'm just like, uh, you know, just prior to the pandemic, I started driving for Uber. And now I'm like, that's what I'm that's what I'm doing right now. So I've been lucky. I've been lucky in the sense that I mean, I, I, you know, I felt heartbroken at first when I couldn't work, you know, like the, when it seemed at pos- impossible 20 years to go to work with kids. However, I do feel, you know, uh, I do <laughs> at sometimes feel very lucky that I don't have to, that I don't have to deal, you know, with, and it's going to sound crude, but being told what to do all the time, you know, mm-hmm. there is there, you know, so, uh, and I'm not, you know, I, I, and I do absolutely understand. I've had many jobs where I had like, where I worked in offices where, you know, I, my big job was Ticketmaster. I worked at the Sky Dome, like in their office. I started on the phones when I was in school. I, you know, ended up working in their management for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, 
so I, I've had, I think I've been, I've had a nice view from both sides. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. do understand what it's like to get up every day and go to a job at a certain time and where there are certain expectations. I yeah. absolutely do understand. I also understand what it's like to have, for me, the freedom to do something different. And I yeah. appreciate that I've been able to, to have both. Yeah, absolutely. It's important that, you know, obviously, because the amount of time we spend on this earth is pretty small compared it to, is. you know, yeah. so you have to really enjoy or work towards what you're doing to enjoy yourself, you know. And yeah. you know, and same thing. I I worked I worked at a university for ten years and got laid off, and you know, mm. and I I've always sort of sort of bounced in and out of the music business, so to speak. Okay. Yeah. But but I I always sort of gravitated to, to to working with sound and doing you know things like mm -hmm. that. And I, I there's a part of me now that sort of think I love recording, but I don't want to record for money anymore. You know what I mean? Oh, I want that's, I, that's know, an interesting take on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah you okay. know, I love doing it, but I don't. Yeah. I want the. I want to have a conversation with the people that I'm recording. Go, listen. This costs you nothing, but let's figure <laughs> something out where it's yeah. like we can both have a good time doing it because yeah. I have a job and I can afford to not. The like, guy lived hand to mouth um, for years recording bands and okay. realized that you know I had to record bands and sometimes I didn't like those bands. Sometimes yes. I had to record shitty bands, and which made I'm me sure a many times you did. If you <laughs> did that for a living, because yeah. I mean, I can't—they're not all good, you know. I mean, no. they're, they're not going to be in love with everything. So no. I, I, I guess, yeah. And this is pre-fixing, fixing everything with computers and stuff. Yeah, you know, and uh, I, I, you know, to me, it's like I love doing it. And I love working for bands, but I'll never really go on yeah. tour anymore. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, I don't want to yeah. do that. Like, that's stupid. Yeah. You know, I want to be yeah. home where I have my toilets just right over there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> see it's funny you know it's it's such an interesting because again you and i have come from a very similar yeah it sounds like into but that so my my touring ex, like my experience touring is incredibly limited mm -hmm. the one band that i joined that did any touring that was appreciable at all was grasshopper that yeah band, yeah at a time was like was a popular like at least locally it was a popular band and we took it we did two tours that mm -hmm. i was with with them we went to newfoundland like we went to the east coast of the country then we went south and we went to California yeah. and we came back. Right. Yeah. So those, and that's it. And then the, the rest of my quote unquote, like music career has been a series of sort of stops and starts. And to be completely honest, like they were, you know, um, I, like when I was in my early, like I quit grasshopper because that at, I had my first taste of what I now know to be like your clinical depression mm. then. Right. So I didn't know what I was. I was on, I was on tour in the middle of the United States. And I was absolutely miserable. And I didn't know what was wrong. So, you know, I came home and, and again, I, I don't know the we didn't have that, you know, the conversation around, you know, like mental illness, like I didn't, you know, like it was just like, I just thought I was crazy at the time. Yeah. So anyway, so I, 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 you know, I walked away from that. And then years later I started something, you know, I decided, okay, I'll be a front man. And I started this band, the killer elite. And I walked away from that. We mm -hmm. right before we were supposed to go on tour, we were supposed to. I don't know if you remember the group REO Speed Dealer. Yeah, it was a punk rock band. So we had a tour booked with them, and that started, if I'm not mistaken, it started either September 10th or September 11th, 2001. Oh, so shit. right, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I chose instead to register myself to become a Montessori teacher, and I walked away from that. And so again, you know, I had all these. You know, uh, like I, I've literally like had the opportunity that I just said, I can't do it because I'm not I'm not there emotionally to do that. Yeah. Having said that, now I'm I'll be 48 years old in August and 
this is the first <laughs> I mean, it, it maybe it sounds ridiculous, but now I feel like healthy and good and positive and I'd really love to do that. So, you know yeah. what I mean? So I, it's, it's just an interesting inverse where yeah. you kind of did that. What most people do, you do that early and yeah. later, maybe a little later you go like, I don't think I want to do that anymore. <laughs> well, I'm kind of hungry for it because, you know, for various reasons, I squandered some opportunities. Well, no, that's no, I think as you get a little older, you start understanding what, what your priorities are and, and mm -hmm. being able to put priorities in place Obviously, that's one thing about getting older is is the benefit is not making stupid decisions. And right. uh, and I have actually I've had a lot of people on this show. It's been like either it's their new band or their side band. Okay. And, and the people that are in like quite successful bands will like in, I'll interview them and they'll talk about this side band like it's the best thing they've ever done. Oh, because okay. it's not their other band with all the luggage and all the stuff. And, oh, okay, that's and, a very right. I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah. And then someone that's been doing it for as long as you, starting a new band, it's mm -hmm. like it's um, I I get it. It's like it's mm -hmm. revitalizing because you can sort of like start on a nice level playing field. Yeah. There's no ego attitudes. There's no bullshit because let's let's face it, we're not going to be Bon Jovi. You know what I yeah. mean? You know? No, no. But I mean with. You know, for me, I started this particular group in, in five years ago, like mm -hmm. in or six years ago, in 2014, and we put a record out uh, in 2015, and that was a four piece, like four guys. Uh, once again, like some R&B influence. We yeah. added a we added a woman uh, named Shantuz who sang with us. It sounded pretty garagey, and it was cool, but it was you know, and and yeah, and then I quit again. Like <laughs> I I walked away from music again and had. You know, and that was due to just severe, you know, depression and stuff. So I walked away again. Twenty eight at the beginning of twenty eighteen, I came out of the, you know, for various reasons. You know, my again that my my partner who I'd been with for thirty years died uh, at the end of twenty seventeen. Yeah, I read and about that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she had had a long battle with she was you know with bipolar mm -hmm. disorder. So, you know, and she, you know, she took her own life yeah. at the, you know, towards the end of 2017. And that was, you know, and so you don't, you can't make it cheesy and say, oh, well, you know, uh, I don't even know how to phrase it that doesn't sound trite. However, yeah. I emerged from my own, you know, suddenly, again, I'm a single parent. Yeah. Um, I don't, I, whatever it was, it shook me, my life up so badly that I was just like, you know, that that part in it, that dark part disappeared and, uh, or began to, there was, a, there was, you know, yeah. something opened up and I, I just had to, I did, there was no choice. I had a 17 year old, like what you have at home. Yeah. Yeah. I had a 17 year old daughter at home. Her mom just died. And I, that was it. Like yeah. I, I, there was no time for, you know, and, it, and I, I don't mean it's that easy. No. It was that hard that it took that, yeah. you know what I mean? And oh, suddenly yeah. I emerged from not talking to people for a couple of years to slowly seeking people out again and saying, I think it would be helpful if I started to do some music again. Yeah. So I started to, you know, sought out some of the people who were on the first record, just were, they were doing other bands, you know, they yeah. were busy. They, you know, five years had gone by, three years had gone by. So, yeah. So it was just, again, my circumstances are just, a. It, it's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's a, it's a bizarre, you know, road, but now I'm at this place and, you know, I'm, I've got this like multi-generational band. Yeah. I'm the oldest person. I've got somebody in the band who I think she just turned 21, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. You know, so we've got people of all different, you know, time, you know, and uh, and it's just an interesting group of people. And it's very different from sort of a traditional rock. Like, you know, all these guys get in a room and go like, let's sound like this. 
because you know if I say let's sound like the Stooges to these guys, they're going to be like the who, huh? like <laughs> yeah. the what? Yeah. So it's the just, three it's Stooges. Just like, yeah. yeah so it's a whole different thing you know yeah yeah yeah. well i do have the record here and i know the release isn't for a couple of weeks from now but um would you be okay with playing a song i would love it if you played a song cool okay uh i got them all here and it's awesome it's funny thing here i'll show you this real fast i have okay this pedal board that yeah. That's like a. I made this. Like I can an organ pedal. Board? It's what yeah. It's that? a bass pedal board, but it's also my. It's got a computer. There's a oh. Mac attached to it, and it's got this theater software. And usually it's up here where I can see it, but yeah. I was like, I was running out of time, so I'm like, ah, oh, shit. So it's on here. Yeah. So so I'm not looking away to be rude, just but. Uh, I that yeah. I you do what you need to do. You push buttons with your foot. <laughs> yeah. That sounds good. Let me. Uh, what which one? Which one do you want to play? Well, why don't we play, I mean, you know, why don't we play the one that's the most aggressive? I think it would be the most suitable for, you know, what all the stuff we've been talking about. Yeah. Uh, let's play, uh, let's play War With Myself. It's the first first song from the record and our video comes out uh, July 3rd. I don't know what date this is coming out, but our, that's our first single. So. Oh, okay, this, tomorrow. Then. Tomorrow. Well, tomorrow. You listen now, tomorrow. Wait, now it's coming out. Oh, it'll be already out. So, okay, here it is okay. anyways. Okay, cool. good.
Yeah. You know, Ball House. I don't know. You know. Oh, it's anything. over. Song's over. <laughs> Song's over. That's hey. uh that you see we were, we were talking about the recording and and definitely has to be said because obviously we'll be hearing us talking while the song's mm. playing, but um really really good drum sounds. Um, it's very uh Beastie Boys check your head. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I I don't know that I thought about that at the time, but you know like just yeah wanting it to sound closer like not wanting it to have that kind of aggressive snare tone that you associate a lot of times with like hard rock or, yeah. so, or like that you do now um and not have the cymbals be obnoxious and have a you know low you know, we're talking about the low end make sure the bass drum is felt yeah. um you know because i wanted it to sound like i wanted the funky parts to sound funky you yeah know? i wanted the whole thing to be closer influence to like oh well what would you know and obviously we didn't go that's you know but what would the meters do or we yeah. sit in the studio like what did curtis mayfield do you know that kind of thing rather than you know what would i, I don't even know what a good example yeah, yeah. is but you know yeah there's a song on here i i, I listened to it all a couple of times today mm-hmm. is very otis redding um mm-hmm. female singer very otis redding mm-hmm. like you can tell all mm-hmm. needs like a little horn section like, rah, rah, yeah. or something yeah. that's just like <laughs> yeah definitely like calling back to um the era of of uh like stacks kind of stuff and some of it and then some of it like i kind of hear like tom waits for some reason without tom waits's mm-hmm. voice like kind of yeah. quirky and kind of yeah you know myth- just methodical kind of quirkiness yeah, there's a lot happening there's a there's a lot happening i mean because if you sat uh, like i said before like we couldn't sit and, like myself uh catherine who's the you know main other voice that you hear on the record maylin's the bass player she's from cuba uh she was she is certainly not into i mean she may be into a couple of rock songs i don't know but yeah. she loves flamenco like we were at a place for dinner the other really? night and we listened to flamenco all night like that's yeah. what she loves bria who's in her early 20s is into all kinds of like i think she's into like indie rock she's into all kinds of stuff right so you know we like i said we couldn't sit in rehearsal and go like well let's make sure this sounds like the end of baba o'reilly yeah, or yeah. like let's make sure because everybody would be like, you know, who? not that that doesn't, yeah, exactly. Like, who? but you know, that, and <laughs> yeah. that's, and that's cool. Like for me, that was exciting because it's just like, okay, all right. So what can we talk about? You know? And yeah. then you, then, but, but everybody does love Nina Simone. We all love, uh, Amy Winehouse. We all love, you know, that kind of stuff and stacks and that kind of, you know, that kind of feel. Yeah. So, and that's not why it sounds like that, but I mean, I think everybody brought a little bit of, of yeah. some, appreciation for there's a neat way to pay homage to a style of music without copying it i mean and you've done yes. it pretty effectively like you can say oh this sounds like but it isn't there's no chords you know but it feels like that and i think yeah i think that's where we're going with music these days i really hope we're going that direction where it feels that, good it doesn't need to yeah. like doesn't need to be played awesome it doesn't need to be like recorded by this special producer guy or gal mm-hmm. it, it just <laughs> needs to you know mm-hmm. feel good and yep you know, and without too much computer trickery, because it's so easy to manipulate things with with a computer. Yeah, like, it sounds like get off my front yard, like with the computer. But I mean, mm-hmm. like, there's such yeah. an interesting way that you can sort of re. I mean, there's a time and there's a place for everything, right? But yeah, when it doesn't feel right, usually it means it's been fucked with. <laughs> you know? Mm. Yeah. No, for sure. And like, yeah, like you said, I mean, the last thing I want to do is sound like a tribute band. Like, yeah, I don't yeah, want to yeah. sound like. You know, like the Temptations has played by, yeah. you know, or whatever, right? Yeah, totally. I mean, it, like you, you can, and I. That's the goal, right? Is just to, to have some feel, like to have a nod to something, or to have a feeling of more than yeah. anything. Just like you know, I want to feel happy when I do play this or hear this, 
the same way that I feel happy when I hear name name a song. Right? Yeah, totally. Or I want to feel sad. You know, my favorite song of all time is This Bitter Earth um, by Dinah Washington. And mm. it's a that's a sad one. You know, yeah. it's just but the whatever the chords, the et cetera. That works for me. So, again, I well, I, I don't want to ever rewrite that song. No. But if I could ever get a glimmer of yeah. the feel that I feel from that, that's what I'm looking for is feeling. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And, you know, that song came from somewhere. You know, a lot of these songs, a lot of songs that are like you, you there's always a, a some sort of it's how it's delivered. It's how it's a, yeah. how it's brought to you. And, yeah. and and I'm coming around because I remember now. Uh, but you as a unit, you've put this unit together that sort of made uh, the homage kind of neater because you can kind of say, oh, you have to sort of say, well, let's let's kind of do an Otis Redding type of song. And then mm-hmm. those people will go and investigate what Otis, who Otis Redding is or kind of know mm-hmm. who Otis Redding is and then mm-hmm. go, oh, I like that. And then bring the core element of 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 that you know what i mean the core feeling of it because otis redding just didn't do dock of the bay you know he did some other songs too right (laughs) he did a lot of other songs yeah 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 i mean and again i think it's funny and i just i don't know if it's funny but my role was i wrote lyrics right and i'm a vocalist on i play drums on the record but as far as composition goes i don't play guitar and i don't play piano right Mm -hmm. why i came to these people with voice memos of me humming things, right? And saying, is it possible for you who play bass or who plays piano, could we do this? Is this possible? Like, do these notes make sense? You know, and so it was, uh, it, and so even by that, let's say in my mind, this song is Aretha Franklin or whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. By the time I've hummed it out to somebody else who, you know, uh, who's sitting down, you know, it's suddenly now it's part me and part them, part whatever I was thinking in the first place. But it's never exactly what I you know what mm-hmm. you've got in your brain so and that's it's an interesting thing it's and it, it forces collaboration yeah collaboration now what are you doing in this in this in this uh everybody stay in your home kind of effect lockdown yeah. are you guys still finding ways to to collaborate just as a unit or like not even musically but just as a, a group of people yeah, I mean, you know, things like Zoom chats, right? Like that's that was the first place that we, you know, got together and because we started talking about, well, what if, like, if th- you know, back a couple of months ago, we were saying, well, if things open up a little bit, like, could we potentially do a second video, right, or something like that? So we would start to talk via that. And like I was mentioning, I, I went over to May Lynn's place the other night, and that, and myself and Catherine and May Lynn had, uh, you know, we we got together for the for the first time since. The 8th of March was our last show. So, mm. yeah. And um, so, yeah. And I've been, you know, I, I, I'm i always writing songs and lyrics and things like that. So there's lots of voice memos of humming and all kinds, lots of stuff to do. But yeah. So, and, you know, right now we're just, I guess we're excited because like our, sorry, our first video comes out tomorrow and our album comes out in two weeks. Yeah. No, it is. It is exciting. And it's unfortunate. And it's kind of bad timing when it comes to mm-hmm. being able to sort of, but who knows, maybe now that there's more of a captive audience of people not having to go out all the time to be able to yeah. sit down and listen to this. Um, and the, the rec- is it coming out on uh, digital only? Is it on vinyl? No, no, it's come. So it'll start on the 17th. It comes out on like the digital platforms. I've also got right now, I've got a hundred copies being pressed on vinyl. And uh, I'm going to just quickly mention this. What we're doing is we've decided not to sell them um we are going to give them away to because right now 
that we just talked about. We're in a pandemic. We're in, you know, a state of rebellion. We're in, there's all kinds of places that are just strained at, at every end and who need help, right? Charitable organizations, et cetera. So what we're doing with our 100 copies is for anybody who's interested, uh, all you have to do is pick whatever is important to you. Like, you know, you, Simon Head, like you you really like, you want to support your local food bank. Awesome. Make a $25 donation. Send me a screenshot of it, you know, to our, we'll put this all in our social media stuff. Yeah. And I will ship you a copy of our record, uh, plus our first record on vinyl anywhere in the world at no charge to you. So that's what we're doing with, with our, uh, with our very small limited run of, uh, of vinyl. That's amazing. Mm. That's amazing. I mean, that's a great idea. And, yeah. you know, and it's going to get your music out there and it's going to make a, make things more positive for other people. I mean, I, I, I constantly think about independent musicians right now and, and how incredibly hard it is, not just the yeah. fact of not being able to make any money or play shows, but just mm. being isolated, the whole isolation yeah. part of it. I mean, yeah. like, has it affected you with sort of old, anything old traits come back or is it, is it? Is yeah, it... I, like, again, like we talked about, like, because I had just started driving Uber, like, right before the pandemic, I it suddenly I was scared at the beginning, but once they because I just didn't want to sit in a room all day long, right? My daughter's twenty, she lives with her, you know, she lives by herself. I'm I am by myself right now. I, I'm married, my wife lives in New Zealand right now. So we oh. haven't seen each other. Last time I saw her was in December. And, you know, um, so yeah, isolation was a big worry. And being able to even during the most, you know, strict of lockdown go out every day and during that time the only people i was driving were you know healthcare workers or grocery store workers or mm -hmm. people bringing their groceries home from the, yeah. from the thing yeah. so having that and then having access to a space in my house where i can practice drums and between those two things and you know exercise like you know i i'm lucky i, I consider myself lucky that i have that i particularly when things were really really locked down yeah. that i had an excuse to leave the house right yeah. so so uh, yeah so yeah it's amazing, man. I uh yeah, definitely definitely gonna uh let you know that there's whatever, there's some charities out there we can talk and yeah, it'd be awesome. good, good to get the get the record. And um do you wanna play another song? I would love to, yeah. Let's let's do what do you do? What do you do? Hold on. Uh well let's play um I wonder which one you were referring to as the oldest running one. You know what? Why don't we let, why don't we play uh, "Make Me Prove It"? That's going to be the song that we do another video for. I love it. It's very different than the first one. What's it called again? "Make Me Prove It." It's yeah. the second last song. There we go. Track. Maybe it knows everything. Longingly. One velvet evening song oh. Answer me, answer now, darling, answer and Maybe it knows everything Longingly One velvet evening song
and I say, write it down. So, man, great record. Uh, I like the Thank dynamic you. of the band. I like the fact that it, it feels like a fresh start. Um, mm-hmm. To me, feels even though like the band's six years yeah. old, it's, it feels like yeah. a fresh start. And uh, yeah. I wish you guys all the luck because uh, we, we all need it. We all need to make we some do. music from time to time. I get yeah. it. We all need some luck, so I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much for listening to it, and thank you very much for having me on. It was really cool talking about uh, all that crazy stuff, all the, the old times and the new times. I really appreciate it. That was Mr. Mike Gribben of the band Bad Breed. Go pick up their albums on Lizard Snake Records, and it's a banger. It's a good one. It's funky. It's it's soulful. It's meaningful. It's got a message. I really enjoyed it, and you will too. No more, uh, I mean, ads from ads. Anyways, well, anyways, just go shop on Amazon. Applelog.ca slash Amazon. And, uh, you know, show some love. Don't, you can buy dildos. It's fine. No, no one knows it's a dildo. I won't. I don't know who's buying dildos. There's literally thousands of you out there listening to this show. And if you buy a dildo, there's I mean, no judgment. Nobody's going to judge you. But it'd be fun to see if someone bought a dildo on Amazon. 
So the first person to buy a dildo on Amazon and admit to it, we'll get, I'll send you uh, I'll send you a t-shirt. All right. Yeah, but I'll have to mention who bought the dildo. That's, that's, that's the way it goes. So anyways, have, have a great week, everybody. Uh, it's good to be back indoors. I was working outside for a long time for the past seven weeks, and now I get to work inside and do kind of what I do. Let's all get back to normal. Wash your hands. I love you all. Go pick up the bad breed in Furoshi. Go pick up. I don't know why I can't say it. Go, go pick up the bad breed in Furoshi's. Furoshi's. <laughs> go pick up their new album. It's out on. Uh, fuck me. Go pick up their album. Uh, go pick up their album. It's on. Lazy. Mm-hmm.